all my life, I've always wanted to help people. Fast forward 40 plus years on this planet and I'm running the holistic clinic of my dreams. I founded the supplement company of my dreams and I'm stepping into each day like it's a dream. Now, I get to help even more people through this podcast and I want you to have the tools to feel your best, to optimize, to figure out what's going wrong and how to course correct. I believe in you so much. Knowledge is power, and we're going to transform your life together. School of Doza is in session. Hello, my friends, coming to you with so much joy in my heart and so much belief that I know you can take this information today and use it for good for your own body, if you need to. Today, we're going to be going over some things to look at and consider if you are in a weight loss journey. I know there can be plateaus and setbacks, but there can also be consistency and goals being met. Sometimes we just need a little tweaking. Today, I'm gonna to give you five tips, some practices, some blood work to consider, some supplements, etc. Be sure to take notes. Before we start, you should know that our Liver Boost, formerly Liver Love, is back in stock. This is one of our best sellers and has helped so many people. In fact, it helps a lot of people with weight loss. And my recommendation is to stock up. This is one of my favorite supplements. And if you're considering it or already a fan of Liver Boost, just know that the demand continues to increase. So we're doing our best to keep it back in supply, but I just thought I'd tip off the podcast listeners first to know that we are back in stock right now. Get, get your Liver Boost. Lastly, before we start, I wanted to let you know that we launched the Nurse Doza Instagram this past week. And if you're on that and love getting health tips here and there, and if you want to see what we're up to in Austin, be sure to give it a follow. And of course, if you prefer watching the podcast, search Nurse Doza on YouTube. All right, let's get into it. Class is in session. I hope you can hear the joy in my voice here because we're talking about weight loss. This is one of my favorite topics to talk about because we talk about it every single day. And it's one of the reasons why I got into practice as a nurse practitioner. I knew I wanted to help people lose weight because one, people are always going to want to lose weight, right? It's one of the things that makes us feel good. It's one of the things that we can accomplish. It's one of our goals. And if you think about five, 10 pounds of weight loss, what that means to you, that's almost like graduating from college, right? Imagine you say, I graduated from college and someone says, I lost 40 pounds. You're going to say, whoa, that's impressive. Right? Just as impressive as graduating from college. What's even more impressive is the person keeps it off. Right? It's been four years. I still kept the 40 pounds off. I have my own personal weight loss journey. I've successfully kept off 45 pounds for the last 12 years. All right? Maybe longer than that. I, and when I was 20 years ago, I was heavier. I was probably about 45 to 50 pounds heavier. So everyone has a story when it comes to their weight loss journey. And I want you to have your own. I want you to have a successful story. The one thing that you can do with your weight loss today is find a community that supports you in your weight loss journey. When I first started practice years ago, I thought it was going to be medications, supplements, nutrition, diet that was going to be the key to weight loss. I've been in practice now for 14, 15 years. And I think the most important thing when it comes to weight loss is finding a community that will support you in your weight loss journey. If you do not have a community that supports you, it's very easy to get back into old habits. Let's give you an example. Let's say it's Friday night and you get to go out with your friends. 
and you're sitting there at your favorite restaurant here in Texas, it's Mexican food night, right? So we're all at the Mexican restaurant. Someone orders what? The chips and salsa. Someone orders the chips and queso. So there you are sitting at the table with all your friends. Everyone's having a good time. Someone puts the queso in front of you. What are you going to do? If your friends don't order the queso to begin with and they know you're on a diet, you don't have a problem. In fact, one step further, maybe your friends know that you're dieting and you're trying to lose weight and we don't even go to the Mexican restaurant. We go to somewhere else that's a little bit healthier, right? Maybe the margaritas and the queso is not a good idea if someone's trying to lose weight. But this is important because if you're there at that restaurant on Friday night, you might feel guilty or obligated to eat some of that queso, to partake in some margaritas that you know is not going to help your weight loss journey. That's what I'm saying, finding a community to support you because maybe your friends aren't recognizing you're trying to lose weight, but what if you decide to say, nope, I'm good. I'm not going to have a margarita. I'm not going to have queso. Will your friends still accept you as a friend? Yes, of course they will if they're your friends. If your friends will not accept you because you don't want to partake in chips and queso and margaritas because you're trying to lose weight, you need to find some new friends. Or maybe they're just projecting on you because they have their own issues. Because secretly, when we talk about weight loss with all these people, they're feeling bad about not eating the chips and queso, but the person who ordered the chips and queso just ordered it because they thought everyone else wanted it. And then they're only eating it because it's there in front of them. And you and I both know at a Mexican restaurant, you'll eat chips after chips because it's in front of you. It's like this weird social experiment, right? I'm full, but I keep eating it because it's in front of me. How about this next time? No one orders the chips and queso, right? You're already going to get the enchiladas and the tacos, margaritas. Just skip on the chips and queso. And everyone will agree that's going to help everyone, right? You'll feel better when you leave. These are the little things that you look for in a community that supports you, that empowers you, that uplifts you. Because the opposite could happen. Imagine you go with a bunch of friends and they're always overeating. They're eating the wrong types of things. You're going to partake because you don't want to feel left out. Imagine if you go hang out with a bunch of friends that go do yoga all the time and they go to the gym all the time. Maybe they're very active and they like to walk outside all the time. Maybe that's how you like to spend your time with your friends. I've gone on plenty of walks with my friends and colleagues as a way of networking. And it's really great because I like walking and talking with someone because it's almost you get to know them better than sitting at a very noisy restaurant, right? Imagine the guys want to get together and they want to go hang out at the bar, right? Well, I don't drink anymore, all right? And that's one of the things that's really helped me in my weight loss journey. So you imagine you're trying to lose weight and you don't want to drink beer and your buddies are like, yeah, that's cool, man. What are you going to do? It's like, well, I'll drink a Topo Chico. I'll drink a sparkling water and I'll just hang out with you guys. I don't even care about the alcohol, right? I just want to hang out with you guys. That's what, that's what matters, right? The community. No one's going to the bar just to drink beers. They want to hang out with their friends. If they're going just for the alcohol, we have another problem on our hands. Just like you, if you're going to the Mexican restaurant just to eat the chips and queso and not hang out with your friends, we have another problem on our hands. But a community will empower you, and I can make the case it will make or break you when it comes to your overall health. According to the American Diabetes Association, you should consider an individual's preferences, motivations, and life circumstances when it comes to weight loss interventions. This is the fancy way that the American Diabetes Association says, find a community that supports the individual. But the American Diabetes Association, which is a heavy proponent of weight loss for diabetes, they're not going to recommend a community for you. They might say, go find a church group, go find a support group. Think about this. In the history of humans, 
Support groups have always been there for the people grieving or suffering. Think about Alcoholics Anonymous. Think about the church groups that have support groups for someone who has lost a loved one. Our friends started this wonderful organization called Flatwater Foundation here in Austin, and they provide mental wellness services for family members who have a loved one going through cancer. Can you imagine one having a loved one going through cancer, but being the spouse of that person going through cancer? That person needs help too. And they have to be strong and brave for the person going through cancer because they can't show weakness, right? The community needs to empower people even when the person doesn't ask for help. So think about this next time you have a friend, a loved one that's possibly needing some support in their everyday life, right? Maybe they're kind of down in the dumps, right? Because their weight loss isn't where they want to be. Everyone gets frustrated with their plateaus. Oh, I was losing weight, but I gained it back. And no, no, no. It's okay. Imagine you find someone that says, you know what? I'm going to get up every day and go walk with you in the morning so you can lose weight. The American Diabetes Association recommends losing 5% of your body weight to help with diabetes. If you lose 5% of your body weight just by walking, that's great, but you need a buddy to walk with you. If you're ever in Austin, just ask me. I'll go walk with you. Another thing you can do to figure out if you need a boost with your weight loss is to look at your sleep. Sleep is the most important thing we could do for our health. Obesity and weight gain is directly linked to poor sleep. And this is fascinating because like I said years ago when I started in practice, when it came to weight loss, I was like, okay, it's all about the right diet for the individual, which is still true. And then I was like, but then it's about the supplements, right? And I found out a long time ago, it's all about detoxing the liver. Hence why I was so happy to announce that we have Liver Boost back in stock because guess what? Liver Boost, our supplement, our number one supplement helps people lose weight. Why? Because it detoxes the liver and it reduces inflammation, right? It helps with digestion. It reduces inflamed fat cells, which I found out a long time ago is the reason why people gain weight. Because think about this. When it comes to weight gain, it's not like your foot got bigger, right? Your belly got bigger. Your chest got bigger. Your arms got bigger. Your thighs got bigger. All the places we hold on to fat cells. And those fat cells we found out a long time ago are organs, they're glands, they're tissues that get inflamed. And when they get inflamed, they grow in size. So when you gain weight, your belly gets bigger, right? Your chest starts getting bigger. And when you lose weight, guess where you lose weight? Your chest and your belly. And we started figuring out that if we gave everyone liver supplements, liver IVs, you know, like liver detox IVs, liver uh, oral supplements to detox the liver, people started losing weight because they're reducing inflammation. So we're like, oh, weight gain is inflammation. Well, what caused the inflammation to begin with? Stress. Stress is the root cause of all inflammation. And I could say stress is the root cause of a lot of the issues we're going to have when it comes to our health. Only if our bodies can't handle stress. The best way for our bodies to handle any form of stress is sleep. Sleep is the most important thing you could do for your health. And I could make the case nowadays in practice that I've seen over the years testing labs. Okay. I've looked at all kinds of lab work. I've done all kinds of diet. I, me personally, I've done all kinds of diets. I even have my lab sitting right next to me after I've done a six day water fast just to show my body how it responds with the food I'm eating or not eating. And the entire time, I'm like, oh my gosh, it was sleep all along. Sleep was the most important thing for anyone in their weight loss journey. And I make the case, if you have sleep apnea, 
right? You have poor sleep, you get short sleep, can't fall asleep, you're at risk for gaining weight. And if you have poor sleep, it's the reason why you can't keep the weight off. You can't lose the weight. You're plateauing. It's your sleep. It is your sleep. It is your sleep. It is your sleep. And I keep saying this. Look at the studies. I have a study here in male Chinese subjects. This study says prolonged working hours greater than nine hours a day causes these subjects to become obese. This China study literally says here working longer than nine hours will cause you to gain weight. You imagine, well, I'm working long hours. It's going to affect my sleep. Yeah, so working long hours is also associated with short sleep duration. All of that is associated with poor sleep, poor obesity. You imagine if you're gaining weight, I go right back to your community. I go back to your sleep. I'm not thinking what you're eating. I know what you're eating. You're eating something that's not good for you. We just did a whole podcast on Halloween candy and how it's bad for you. And I have to do all these studies to prove to you that Halloween candy is really bad for you. But all these people come into the clinic and say they're addicted to candy. They're addicted to sugar. They're addicted to salt. No, no, no. They're not addicted to sugar. They're addicted to things like dopamine. And they know that sugar and chocolate is the only way they're going to get dopamine. And I say, okay, wow. I can help them replace the sugar with something else that gives them more dopamine. But I can't help someone sleep for them. I can't sleep for that individual. I can show you what diet to eat. I can help you find a new community, but I cannot sleep for you. I wish I could sleep for you. I'm, I'm working on my own sleep. I track my sleep every night. For anyone out there, there's wearable devices that I highly encourage you to use. Uh, I use BioStrap. There's Aura. There's the Apple Watch. There's the Whoop. These will track your sleep. And if you're trying to lose weight, you can track your sleep. And you can correlate your increase of sleep and your deep sleep with weight loss. If you're really stressed out and you're tracking your sleep, if you get your sleep in order, you're going to have a healthier weight. It's fascinating because no one in the weight loss clinics are talking about that, right? No one's just saying, here's your semi-glutide and let's work on your sleep. But guess what? We are. We do semi-glutide here only because it's a jumping off point for a weight loss journey. But here's the difference between us and another clinic. We're talking about their sleep. I'm giving this podcast to a person who gets on semi-glutide with us and say, look, if you tried everything else, you exhausted all the other things, let's work on these things that have not gotten better. Your sleep, your community, right? That's the most important thing, more important than semi-glutide. Semi-glutide is this magic bullet, almost like this hack, right? That you're like, okay, I can cheat my way into weight loss. And all these people think they're going to be on semi-glutide for the rest of their life because they never fixed their sleep and they never found a community that supported them in their weight loss journey. They just knew I could get this injection. It suppresses my appetite. I'm not going to eat as much and I'll lose weight. That's all true. That is all true. And the semi-glutide is great because it also helps with insulin, which is also an issue in weight gain. Diabetes, obesity, weight gain is all intertwined. But I want you to understand the insulin is a hormone, it, the most anabolic hormone we make in the body. And when you're off, especially when it comes to weight gain, it's not just insulin. I mean, we've been talking about sleep this whole time. What do you think is going on with your melatonin? It's a precious hormone that we really only make when we're sleeping. And if your sleep is off in any way, you're not making melatonin. And that's a very powerful hormone that detoxes our body. 
And if we don't get that sleep and we don't make that melatonin, we don't reduce inflammation like we should, guess what's going to happen? We're going to get sick. Yeah, weight gain is going to happen, but that's at the beginning stages. If anyone gains 10, 20 pounds, we know something's off, right? I've been gaining weight. I know something's off. People come in, they want to check their hormones, especially women. Women will come into the clinic. They think it's their thyroid. They think it's cortisol, right? They think it's their estrogen, the reason why they, they're gaining weight. And honestly, it could be any of those. But before I start checking labs on everyone, I ask them about their sleep. I ask them about their community, right? And they are really surprised because they really have to think about it. And oh, you know what the answer is? Oh, I don't get enough sleep. Oh, it could be better. I'm super stressed, right? And then maybe they're not spending enough time with the girls, right? And, and, and I say it's important because friends are everything, right? Friends are important. It's our community, right? Imagine church groups, AA, the YMCA. I love the YMCA. I've been a member of the YMCA since I was a kid. Why? Because that's my community. I know there's no judgment when I show up and everyone's welcome. That's incredible. How many places can you find in your everyday life where everyone's welcome and there's no judgment, right? That's why I say with weight loss, it's, there is no judgment. We're all in the same boat, right? We're all trying to get better sleep. We're all trying to feel better. If you think about sleep, it's something you have to work on. It's a practice. So take an investment, right? Get a wearable device or get a better mattress or turn off the TV at 8 p.m. Get off your phone at 9 p.m., right? Listen to this podcast earlier in the day. Don't listen to it right before you go to bed. Do legs on the wall, my favorite adrenal pose to help you fall asleep at night. Sign up for brain tap, right? Do chanting, aromatherapy, candle therapy, something to help you sleep better. And when you do that, you'll start losing more weight. A supplement you should consider for weight loss is resveratrol. Resveratrol is one of my favorite supplements. And I know I say I have a lot of them. I'm a vitamin head and we have a supplement company. So why do you think we have a supplement company? It's because things like resveratrol have been shown in studies to help people with weight loss. I know people will search for all kinds of quick gimmicks and things to do for weight loss. But keep in mind, sustainable weight loss takes effort. The semi-glutide is a craze because there's not a lot of effort involved. You just have to give yourself an injection. But when you actually change your diet, you work on your sleep, you go out of your way to connect with your community, that's effort. And the reward is going to be you're going to start to lose some weight. And when you lose that 5, 10 pounds, that 15 pounds, you're going to want more. And you're going to say, oh, man, I feel great. So I say, okay, throw this supplement in there called resveratrol and it'll take it a step further. Resveratrol is a plant-based ingredient typically found in grapes and in cacao. The reason why red wine is good for you is not because of the alcohol. It's because of the resveratrol found in grapes. Now, if you take the extract of the grapes and just get the resveratrol, then you have a lot of potential benefits for things like weight loss because resveratrol has been shown to help things like insulin. It promotes insulin sensitivity. It's been shown to help with blood glucose. These are two big issues when it comes to weight gain. And like I said, years ago, when I thought about weight gain, I was like, okay, they're inflamed. Now it's like, okay, they're all pre-diabetic, right? Because one in three people in this country, maybe in this world, are pre-diabetic, which means they have insulin issues. They have blood sugar issues, right? So I'm thinking they need something in their diet or their supplements, something in their lifestyle to help them with their insulin. Well, that's where resveratrol comes into play. If you want something simple, 
something that works, something that's easy and to find and take, resveratrol, right? And I don't want you to drink the wine, right? You're like, well, I'll just, I'll do it the natural way. I'll get it from my diet. I'll drink wine. No, 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 no. You and I both know drinking a bottle of wine a night is not good for you, all right? Taking the resveratrol out of the grapes, that's good for you. The studies show here that resveratrol helps decrease the size of fat cells that are inflamed found in obesity. That's cool. That's cool, right? The way that it does it is it helps promote an increase in metabolism by helping insulin. If you can regulate your insulin better, you can have healthier weight. When your insulin goes off the rails, you gain weight. And like I think in this country, most people being pre-diabetic, most people are spiking their insulin every time they eat the Halloween candy, every time they eat the bread, every time they eat the chips and queso. When you go to the Mexican restaurant and you're consuming the chips and queso, the chips alone are going to spike the insulin, but the margaritas will too. What happens when you spike your insulin? You gain weight. You're inflamed. You gain weight because when you don't, when you don't regulate your insulin, inflammation comes up because hormones like insulin need to be regulated. Hormones like melatonin need to be regulated. Hormones like testosterone, estrogen, thyroid, cortisol, they all need to be regulated. And when I say that, they need to be in a healthy range. Hormones have to be in a healthy range. If one goes up too high, one goes too low, problems happen. Fill in the blank. Disease, right? Insulin's too high, we have insulin resistance, right? Diabetes, dementia, heart disease, fatty liver disease, leaky gut, right? PCOS, weight gain. Talk to the female who has PCOS. A lot of them have weight gain. Talk to the diabetes people that have, you know, chronic diabetes. They possibly have weight gain. And so the American Diabetes Association says we need to do something to help them lose weight. I say, let's look at the diet. Let's look at the community. Let's look at the sleep. Let's look at resveratrol. Resveratrol, I have studies here that show it reduces not only fat, but it also reduces inflammation. In the body, resveratrol has been known to be anti-inflammatory, has been known to help be anti-inflammatory because it helps reduce inflammatory markers in the body. It reduces liposis. It helps regulate glucose, right? This has been research that's been going on for 20 years at least. This is known. Go look up on PubMed resveratrol and, oh yeah, that's, it's all there. It's all there. I love resveratrol. It's, it's the reason we have it in our mitochondriac. Our mitochondriac by MSW Nutrition, I took mine this morning. It's actually probably one of my non-negotiables because like I said at the beginning of the podcast, I was 45 pounds heavier when I was 21 years old. I was pre-diabetic, probably diabetic. I had a fatty liver. I had a leaky gut. I was bloated, right? I probably had low testosterone. I probably had high blood pressure. I had bad cholesterol, right? Throughout the weight, I've lost I maintained it by regulating my insulin. I looked at my labs, and this is why I'm a big proponent of labs, okay? Most people look at hemoglobin A1C in lab work to, to diagnose diabetes. Well, as a kid who's 21, and I say a kid because I acted like a kid, 21 years of age, I wasn't going to the doctor to get blood work. If I went to the doctor, what do you think he's going to tell me? He's going to stop drinking, stop eating fast food, staying up late at night, eating junk food, staying up late, drinking alcohol, Hmm, you think that's going to lead to diabetes? Yeah, my A1C was probably sky high. And that meant my insulin was probably high too. And if I have high insulin, I have insulin issues, I have inflammation, I have weight gain. All right? So looking at all that, instead now, 
of eating certain foods because I went through every single diet change. I went paleo, I went keto, I went vegan, I went carnivore, I went fasting, intermittent fasting. And now I say, well, can I just take something to help me regulate my insulin better? So I look at all the supplements out there. I do research for years. I give it to the clients, right? I try it on myself with my own labs. And you things that work and help, the resveratrol helped a lot. The resveratrol has still helped me in my labs. It helps maintain my metabolism. And for people trying to lose weight, try resveratrol, all right? Even if you don't try ours, fine. Go find some other resveratrol. But the one that we have, it's amazing. It's incredible. It's the one I take, obviously. But it comes in, like, I think a two-month supply. It even comes with quercetin. Both of those alone, like the quercetin helps the resveratrol work better. And the resveratrol that we have is tyrosilbine. It's an extract of an extract that's even better forms. Uh, it's a better form of resveratrol. Tyrosilbine, if you go look that up, numerous health benefits. One of the things that they talk about is something called calorie restriction. It mimics calorie restriction. Okay? Resveratrol mimics calorie restriction, which improves insulin sensitivity. This is directly helping with obesity. This is, these are all these studies that say this. Now, what's calorie restriction, you ask? It's the diet to look into when it comes to weight loss. Now, thinking and preparing for this, I was like, okay, most people are going to think, oh, it's the keto diet. Or they're going to think the paleo diet, right? Or they're going to think, oh, I went vegan, I lost weight. All great diets. All serve their purpose. But you and I both know everyone's diet is different. Uh, my diet is very different than most people. I don't eat a lot of nuts. I don't eat legumes, uh, grains. I've been gluten-free for like 14 years. Um, you know, I try to restrain from, refrain from dairy. You know, I do eat meat, but I eat a lot of chicken eggs, a lot of salmon. Some people can't handle the chicken eggs, right? So when I started doing labs, I started looking at, man, like, do we really need to consume as much calories as we thought? Right, Because on a calorie restriction diet, that's exactly what you're doing. You're restricting the amount of calories going into your body. And I've taken nutrition classes for the last 20 years. I've studied nutrition half my life. The human body does better when we do not eat. I will say this again. You will live a healthier life the less food you eat. Which is fascinating. Because years ago, we were told 2,000 calories a day is the standard American diet. Go walk around in New York City or Houston, Texas and tell me what the standard American diet looks like. It stands for a very sad diet. Obesity, fatty liver, weight gain, heart disease, dementia, leaky gut. If I went to all these people and I said there's one diet that you could do that would help with any of your issues, it's doing a calorie restriction diet. A calorie-restricted diet is one where you basically reduce 15 to 60% of the calories you're consuming daily. And for some people, you consume more than 2,000 calories a day. Some people cannot eat for 24 hours, for 36 hours, and be just fine. Now, diabetics have a hard time doing this because their blood sugar drops too low, and they get hangry, and they go into a diabetic coma. So for you people out there, you have to make sure that you're doing this under a medical supervised practice that's been done for years. Uh, I think the Guinness Book of World Records has the longest fast at 362 days, 382 days, I think, 
the guy was doing uh, minerals. He was under the watch of a physician. He even had to do some mineral IVs after a while. But he did it because he was morbidly obese. I think he was 400 pounds. And he did a calorie-restricted diet, and he dropped down to like 180 pounds. They measured all his labs. Everything looked great. And you say, well, that can't be good for you to starve yourself. No, no, no. It's not starving. And actually, if you want to look at starving, call it fasting. Okay? For people out there that are malnourished, that's starvation. We're not talking about that. Most people who have gained weight have plenty of nutrients stored up. It's just not very good nutrients. Right? So we need to replace those nutrients with other things, but we have to fast. We have to break the amount of things going into your body to basically reset the body. Right? So let's go back to the calorie-restrictive diet. Some people will say intermittent fasting, and they'll call that a calorie-restrictive diet. The reason why keto diets are really popular is because they integrate something called intermittent fasting, which is basically you only eat one or two meals a day. For most people, that's more than enough food. And honestly, think about your appetite. Are you really hungry when you eat lunch? Are you really hungry when you eat dinner? Are you really hungry when you're going to that Mexican restaurant eating the chips and queso with your friends? How many times have you told yourself, I'm not even hungry and I'm eating all this stuff? Yes, that's what I'm talking about. The human body was not designed to eat three or four or five meals a day. The human body was not designed to eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner. If you look at our ancestors, they weren't eating all the time. They were hunters and gatherers. All the hunters, all the men were going out trying to kill the buffalo, and they missed a lot of times. So they came home. Guess who fed them? The women, the gatherers, berries, fruits, whatever they could find on the ground, right? Snails. And if you think about it, a little bit goes a long way. We need the protein, we need a little bit of fat, we need a little bit of carbohydrates, but we don't need 2,000 calories of it for sure. In most people's diets, even the FDA and the, uh, the, all our associations that told us about nutrition, they think up to 65% of our diet should be carbohydrates, which is not completely true. Yes, our bodies will use carbohydrates for energy, but our body loves fat. You ever heard of ketones? The keto diet. When you stop running off of glucose for your energy and you switch to ketones, you promote longevity. You promote weight loss. The studies show that fasting, prolonged fasting, calorie-restricted diets not only help you lose weight, but if you do them along with exercise, they reduce inflammatory markers in your blood. One of the biggest ones I talk about, we have a whole podcast about it, is HSCRP, high-sensitivity C-reactive protein. It's a lab test that every single person should get done. And I could make the case that if it's high in you, which it doesn't take much for it to be high, you have inflammation, which possibly has weight gain. So a calorie-restricted diet plus exercise in lab works shows it decreases HSCRP. No medicine needed. This is incredible. If somebody has gained weight and they're, and they're trying to lose weight and they can't lose weight, one of the things I look at is, you know, obviously we look at the community, we look at the sleep. Let's say we have labs. They brought labs in because I love looking at labs. If you ever want to go over labs, it's one of the things I've done for years. I love reading labs with people because I go front and back with it over and over again because I want you to understand how your body works. If a, if a person comes in with their labs and their HSCRP is high and no one's talked about it with them, I'm going to say, well, that's the reason why you can't lose weight. You're inflamed. And they're like, what? I thought I was inflamed. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, something's inflaming you. Is it your diet? Is it your lack of sleep? Is it the people you're hanging out with? Right? And before I used to say, take, you know, take some liver detox, right? Just take some resveratrol, you know, take something to reduce the inflammation. And now I've seen studies that show by simply restricting your calorie intake and exercise, not even taking a medicine, not even eating one piece of food, 
that can help lose weight and reduce inflammation in your body. That's how powerful our bodies are. If you allow our bodies to heal on its own, it can do it. I am not a healer. I'm a nurse practitioner and chiropractor. I am not a fixer. I'm not a healer. I help you get the information you need to help heal yourself. You imagine that if you chose to help with your weight gain, if you said, I'm going to help my weight gain, I help my diabetes, I'm going to fast. I'm going to do a calorie-restricted diet. I would say, yes, let's do it. Let's prepare you for it. Let's do it the right way. Let's do labs. I have labs right here in front of me for the people looking at the video. These are my labs. If you're looking at it, it's in color. These are my labs that I did back in 2018. Our producer, Baldo, decided he was going to start doing six-day water fasts because it would help regenerate his knee. It promotes something called autophagy. And he told me about autophagy, and I was like, what's autophagy? And I've heard about this a long time ago. Autophagy is the body's ability to detoxify and regenerate. But it can only reach that if you do a calorie-restrictive diet. So, you know, Baldo comes in, he's telling me about this. Everyone just thinks he's going to starve himself for six days. I'm like, there's science behind this. Tell me more about this autophagy. When in order to achieve autophagy, Baldo is not going to eat for up to 72 hours, maybe longer. And once he's in this sweet spot of 72 hours, what happens is his blood sugar drops, his insulin drops, and his cells start to activate. And when I say the cells, the mitochondria, all right, for you science geeks out there, you've heard this. Hence the mitochondriac, the resveratrol. You see where I'm going with this? When you fast and you activate the mitochondria, you promote something called autophagy, which is your body's ability to clean itself out, detoxify itself, and repair its DNA. By going on a six-day water fast, Baldo was promoting autophagy that repaired his DNA, promoted mitochondrial health, something called mitochondrial rejuvenation, and it was going to help him live a longer, healthier life. Think about that. Him not eating for six days was going to help him live longer. It goes against everything we're taught in nutrition. But I did it myself. I did my own labs. I did my labs because I'm a nerd. Six, I did it before the six-day fast for myself. So I agreed to do a six-day fast with Baldo, but I want to do labs. So I did my labs. And I saw incredible results after my six-day water fast to prove to people what happened. My cholesterol went through the roof. My total cholesterol went through the roof. My triglycerides went up because I was fasting. I promoted ketosis, right? I wasn't running off of glucose anymore. Yes, I lost weight on a six-day water fast, but I was not intending to lose weight. I was trying to do it to help with my prediabetes, which I knew was still an issue. After all these years, I was looking at my labs, and I was like, gosh, my blood sugar, it's, it's good, but it's not great. Like I said, I took resveratrol, made it even better. But I said, there's still something that I'm missing. So I did a six-day water fast, and I checked my labs afterwards. My blood sugar and insulin were perfect. And to make sure that I was on the right track, I did my labs again three more times in the next two years to check the same things again. And guess what? My blood sugar, my insulin was still perfect. I said my resveratrol, my diet, my lifestyle changes, they were maintaining but it was the six-day water fast that got me over the hump and took me out of being a pre-diabetic. That's incredible. That's incredible that your body has the power to rejuvenate itself if you just give it a chance. So think about that when you're thinking about a diet. It's not just a keto diet. It's about fasting. Throw in a 24, 36-hour fast if you can, right? If you think you're up to a five- or six-day fast, 
talk to your practitioner first. And my advice for anyone who's going to do a fast or a a calorie-restrictive diet, load up on healthy fat before you do it. And when you break your fat, uh, break your fast, once again, do it with fat. All right. I love, uh, I love avocado for it. Right. I think that's a good choice. Uh, bone broth. Some people like that. I just don't like to drink bone broth. Some people like to do a uh, local beef jerky and stuff like that. Anything that's easy for the digestive tract to, to, to process. But calorie restriction diets are key to weight loss. My last tip for your weight loss journey make brown fat. Making brown fat keeps us healthier. And we found out a couple years ago in science that we still make brown fat as we age. When I was in school, we were taught that you make brown fat. And when I say brown fat, think about where you hold on fat, like I talked about earlier, right? All those places around your belly, your midsection, that's all fat. But we found out that the fat has a color to it. When fat is brown, fat tissue, adipose tissue is brown, you're healthy. When you're a kid and you're a baby, you have tons of brown fat. And as you get older, somehow that brown fat turns into white fat. White fat is not healthy for you. Yes, it'll keep you warm in the wintertime, but it's also found in weight gain. That fat around your belly that's been inflamed and it's causing you weight gain, it's all white fat. It's not brown fat. If it was brown fat, you wouldn't be gaining weight. There's hormones that come from fat tissues. Like I said before, right? We talked about fat tissue as an organ. It's a tissue. It releases hormones. It releases several hormones. One of the hormones it releases is something called leptin. I like talking about hormones when it comes to weight gain because, like I said, due to lab work, due to the science, due to the research, throughout the years, we have found that when it comes to weight gain, it's not just insulin problems. It's leptin problems. If you have insulin resistance, you have leptin resistance because leptin is insulin's wingman. Every time you spike insulin with all the food you're eating, when you're not supposed to be eating it, when you're not hungry, when you spike your insulin, you're also spiking your leptin. And every time we would measure insulin, especially even with me and other people, we would see leptin increase every time insulin was increasing. And we'd say, yeah, your A1C, which is typically ordered for diabetics, it's normal. But you are insulin resistant, but you're not, you're not a diabetic. And they say, well, I've gained a little bit of weight. This is true. This is what we have found. You can spike your insulin and leptin, not be considered diabetic, but, pay, but possibly just gain some weight. Leptin comes from white fat, white inflamed fat cells. Brown fat doesn't really make a lot of leptin, which is fascinating because like I said, for weight loss, if you're plateauing, you're like, what should I be doing? I say, let's look at your inflammation, right? If the HSCRP is high, like we talked about in labs, and your leptin's high, I'm like, you're inflamed. You have inflamed fat white cells. You might have an inflamed liver. You're inflamed all throughout the body. You need to reduce inflammation. Guess what reduces inflammation in in fat white cells? Cold therapy. Cold exposure, like cold plunges, cryotherapy, it helps you make brown fat because it promotes something called thermogenesis. Thermogenesis is basically shivering of your fat cells to warm yourself up. Right, Because if you get cold, what do you do? You shiver. When you shiver, you heat up your body's temperature, right? And what happens is you convert the white fat into brown fat. That's why cryotherapy is beneficial for someone trying to lose weight. And if you're plateauing, go jump in a cold tank. Take a cold shower. 
go to the freezer section at your grocery store and hang out there for about three minutes until you shiver. When you start to shiver, that's when you're activating the energy in your fat cells to make them brown. And if you have inflamed white fat cells, you got a way to go. That's a lot of cold exposure. But once again, I'm not giving you something to take as a medication. Shiver, cold, get cold. People who have gained weight, they don't shiver, right? I mean, they barely sweat, but sometimes they sweat too much. But a lot of people who have gained weight, they don't shiver as much. Because if you're shivering, you're burning up a lot of energy to shiver, right? Because once you shiver enough, you warm yourself up, right? And when you warm yourself up again, that promotes that thermogenesis that promotes healthy brown fat. Because guess what? Brown fat doesn't make leptin. Brown fat makes the opposite of leptin, something called adiponectin. And we talked about adiponectin in one of our podcasts in the reading lab section. Here's the piece, here's the, the puzzle pieces. High adiponectin protects someone against diabetes, heart disease, and even dementia. People who are overweight have less adiponectin than they should. People who are overweight have less adiponectin than they should and too much leptin. Okay? Your body knows what to do even when you don't know what to do with it. When you eat too much at the wrong time, too many calories, it lowers your adiponectin, it raises your leptin. The reason why leptin will increase before the weight gain occurs is because leptin is a signal your fat cells make to suppress your appetite. Let me repeat that. Leptin that comes from inflamed white fat cells are released whenever you eat to suppress your appetite to keep you from eating more. Because if you have inflamed fat white cells and you've gained weight, you don't need to eat anymore. You have enough energy stored up. You have enough calories you took in. You need to burn all that stuff off, right? Increase your energy. Well, cold therapy can increase your energy so you can burn off all those excess calories. But if you're not jumping in a cold plunge all the time, you need to do a calorie-restricted diet because that'll do it too. So you imagine you're saying, okay, I, wanna, I really want to attack this weight gain. What should I be doing? Cold therapy, calorie-restricted diet. When you break your fast, you increase um, resveratrol, right? You can take our mitochondriac, right? You get better sleep and you find your community. If you do all that, you decrease your leptin production, you increase your adiponectin production, which adiponectin is found in healthy individuals with healthy weight. Leptin is found in overweight people. Leptin suppresses your appetite. Why would you want to suppress your appetite? Well, you're eating too much. That's why I'm saying people who eat all the time have high amounts of leptin, which means they have no appetite. That's why I asked you to think about it next time you're eating dinner, you're eating lunch. Are you really hungry? Because I can look at your labs and if I order labs, I looked at someone's leptin yesterday and it was at 57. The cutoff for leptin levels are 10. If your leptin is above 10, they say in labs, there's a direct correlation with your BMI, body mass index. The higher the body mass index, the higher the leptin. The higher the body mass index, the more weight gain, the more leptin, the more inflamed white fat cells. The way to reverse the inflamed fat white cells and to reverse the BMI and reverse the leptin, calorie-restricted diet, cold exposure, resveratrol, getting better sleep, and finding a community that supports you. These are the new five tips in your weight loss journey. And I know it's confusing and I know it's complex. Trust me, this is 14, 15 years 
of working in a family practice trying to address diabetes, dementia, and heart disease in everyone because that's what everyone has. When I went into practice years ago, I said, I want to prevent diabetes in not only myself, my parents, and anyone else that I work with. Any client that comes in that wants to help, wants help with their diabetes, with their weight gain, whatever it, it may be, we're going to help them. And we've had to adapt and learn. And honestly, when we order labs, we learn so much because then I can go back and research in PubMed and see what else you know, the universities and research are saying, and it all matches up. If you've never heard of leptin before, your practitioner probably hasn't either. If you've never heard of adiponectin before, no one's heard of adiponectin. When we started ordering these labs like 14 years ago, adiponectin was always included in the diabetic panel along with insulin and A1C. And I would see adiponectin all the time and I was like, why is this related to diabetes? I would ask every practitioner, every doctor I'd find, every scientist, I'd say, why is adiponectin so important but yet no one can tell me what it does? I'll never forget, I was at a dinner with a bunch of doctors, Baldo was with me, and I asked the question, I said, who can tell me what adiponectin is because I can't find that information. Every doctor in there was like, it's not important. If you want to prevent diabetes, heart disease, and dementia, you need high amounts of adiponectin. And the only place that makes adiponectin really is healthy brown fat that comes from cold exposure, that comes from constant shivering, that comes from calorie-restricted diets, that comes from the use of resveratrol. Autophagy mitochondrial biogenesis, all these fancy terms, they promote high adiponectin production. And I measure adiponectin and leptin and insulin and A1C and HSCRP along with our people when they're doing their weight loss journey. Because I can see the labs. Because think about it, if you're coming in, you're trying to lose weight and you're, I've tried working out harder. I've tried every diet out there, you know? I'd say, okay, well, let's try these things. And if these don't work, let's look at your labs. If they happen to show me their labs, like, oh, I can see why you're inflamed. And this hormone's off over here. Leptin's too high. Adiponectin's too low. HSCRP's too high. You know, and you're spiking your insulin. And they're going to say, yeah, but I eat really healthy. And I'm like, yeah, but what happens on the weekend? Like, oh, well, I kind of go off the deep end and blah, blah, blah. One or two diets a month is really not that bad unless you're eating the worst diet possible those one or two times. But if you're doing that every single month for over a year and you're mixing a little bit of alcohol and some of the chips and queso with and all that, it adds up. And it, all that stuff, you know, think about it. All the high fructose corn syrup, the processed sugar, the alcohol, the, it all gets stored in your fat cells. It gets stored in your liver. It gets stored in your brain. And it changes them. It changes the composition of those organs and those tissues. You imagine as you're gaining weight, you're, and you can look at your DEXA scan. Like if you let, ever look like a body fat index, you can, see, you can see fat cells getting bigger. You ever seen like the body scans? You can see body mass composition, which I think is better than BMI. And we've matched the, our lab work with someone who did the body mass uh, scan. And you could see their fat cells decreasing in size. And we looked at their labs. Their leptin was going down and their adiponectin was going up, which meant I said, you're converting your white fat into brown fat. And he was doing all the stuff that we were talking about. So it works. This approach right here for the weight loss journey that we talked about in this podcast this is advanced, but we're also trying to simplify it. If you want more help, you can go back to the other podcast where we talk about insulin resistance, weight loss plateaus. We talk about the brown fat. We talk about fasting. We talk about leptin. And we're going to keep saying it because once you actually lose the weight, like you know I did, I'm still doing this. 
I don't do a six day water fast as much. I haven't done it in a while, but I will do a three day fast, especially if I need to reset with the seasonal changes and all that. Baldo does it, you know, three, four times a year. And then he reintroduces local farm to table foods when he does eat again because it restores his microbiome. Science. I love it. And for you science nerds out there who want to know more about my labs, if you ever ask me nicely, I'll, I'll post it for y'all. One of the coolest things I found out in my labs after I did my six-day water fast, I increased CoQ10. CoQ10 is a nutrient that we make and we consume that helps us with our mitochondria. I think I was able to promote autophagy and actually show that I was in autophagy in my labs by showing that I was in ketosis and my CoQ10 increased. I think that's pretty cool. I think that's really cool. This is metabolism we're talking about. This is the clinic of the future, right? Thomas Edison said years ago, the, the health of this country and the health of this, of, this, of this world, it's not gonna come down to medication. It's gonna come to food and diet and lifestyle modifications, right? The lifestyle modifications that I promote in the clinic today that I'm proud to say, caloric restrictive diets that promote longevity help making brown fat in individuals to help them promote healthy adiponectin production and less leptin production. I love giving people hugs and encouraging them and holding them accountable because why? They're going to be more likely to stay on that diet. And the last thing that I've been working on so hard that I never expected to work on is everyone's sleep. Like I said, I can't fix your sleep, but I can help you work on your sleep so you can fix it yourself. You can do this. I believe in you so much. I, you deserve the effort. And honestly, when you lose that weight, if you tried any of this stuff, I want you to reach out and tell me what worked for you. Because I know a lot of people listen to the podcast and they try a lot of things we, we talk about. If it makes that big of a difference, I want to know. Because like I said, I got into this business and practice because I wanted to help people lose weight and feel incredible. And I can't wait to hear your success story. Don't give up. It's going to happen. If you need a supplement, we talked about that resveratrol. It's our mitochondriac. Go to mswnutrition.com. Use code NURSEDOZA. Thank you for listening to the School of Doza. It means the world to me. Until next time, class is concluded. Keep working on your health.